in studio this morning for our story of hope is Louise Hindley. Welcome to CCFM. Thank you, Wayne. It's good to be on the show again. Tell us your story of hope, mm-hmm. where you started out as a Christian or how you became a Christian and then what God did in your life. Yeah, thank you. So I became a Christian when I was six, seven years old and I really uh, grew up in a very good, strong Christian background um, uh, in terms of my parents being good Christians and my dad, uh, he started working for Scripture Union. So I learned from an early age to uh, do devotions. We were taught um, from these books called The Quest. And then when I was a teenager, it was the keynote. And so my life growing up was really strong in the Lord. Um, Then as I grew up and went to my uh, job, um, I landed up in the asset management industry. Um, And I really loved what I did. Um, My my companies were Old Mutual Asset Management, um, Investec, also asset management. And then my last company was Sunlum. And I really uh, loved working with clients and I was involved with operations. Um, and uh, with Sunlum, my second year, I was actually on the executive management. So in terms of doing well, I really excelled in my job because I really, as a a colored in in South Africa, it, there was a lot of discrimination, and I really wanted to prove to myself that I could do the job, um, and then in turn, pr- sort of help others to see that you can actually perform in our country. And for me, that was really important, um, and to help others uh, along the way. So that was my. That's what I thought was my calling, and I really loved it. But as I got to Sunlam, I think the Lord started checking me there and um and really it was my my lifestyle was um I was a bit of a particle, even though I went to church and uh, I uh, was part of the cell group and served the church. I was at uh, his people at the time and I really loved the worship because that's when the Hillsong songs came out. Um, and I really, it was just, so you you went to church, but then you had friends that you partied with and um yeah, every if you go to a bra, you're drinking wine. If you go to a rugby match, uh, my clients used to invite me to the box, their boxes. And so, you know, you have this lifestyle that you just think is normal, uh, especially in the, the culture of South Africa. We just drink. Uh, you go to a cricket match, you drink beer. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think the Lord started convicting me about just... Yeah, am I actually um, changing? Am I can somebody actually see that I'm a Christian? Um, am I the salt, the salt and the light of of this world? And can people approach me and say, "Hey, Louise, your life is so different from mine." You know, sharing the gospel. Um, I didn't really do that. I thought just by doing well in my job and going to church, uh, you know, was enough. Um, and then 2008, I was in India doing a job for Sunlam and. There, the Lord just, uh, actually before that, before going to India, the Lord already said to me, hey, you need to stop drinking. (laughs) And I really thought, oh, that's easy. And it was actually quite hard. Like, you know, people would say at the end of the, you know, Louise, don't go home, have another one. (laughs) And your arm gets stressed. And then it was actually a shock to know that my willpower wasn't really strong. Um, It took me literally five years. Uh, 
by the time I got to India, I was like, really like, okay, I need to obey the Lord. Yeah, this is not a good thing. So I went through a transformation of just surrendering my, 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 my life to the Lord again and just saying, Lord, send me. Because when I was in India, the poverty there really just broke my heart. And I just thought, no, I need to help these people. Like, you know, and, and especially the poor really got to my heart. And that's when I said, Lord, please send me. And I didn't know what I was saying at the time, but I, I think it was just another surrender like I need to do this right. I need to live according to the Bible. And so I just want to quote a, a verse from First Corinthians 8, where, where Paul is talking to the Corinthian church about where you shouldn't be eating. They were questioning about should they eat uh, meat that is sacrificed to idols. And it starts, the passage starts off with, we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not know do not yet know as they ought to know, but whoever loves God is known by God. So I thought I knew what it meant to be a Christian and that I was okay. I justified my actions because everybody else was drinking. But the Lord really convicted and told me that I needed to change the way I was living and that I need to live according to his, his word. And then verse 9 says, Be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. So even though I thought I'm not an alcoholic, I'm not, you know, I'm not taking my clothes off or doing, you know, all those crazy things. But if somebody is looking at my life and they're seeing that I'm drinking, am I exposing myself to that person thinking that it's okay? Um, and of course we know that alcohol can be abused. And so this really uh, was part of my journey of just changing my life and saying, okay, Lord, this, this is all about you and I need to change the way I live. And um, 2011, the um, the Salam took. I had to go to to Botswana for a job, and there I saw this documentary on CNN, and I saw again this refugee camp. Just uh, the poverty broke my heart, um, and you could just see how God was preparing my heart for that because in that moment I didn't even know who they were. They, it was the biggest refugee camp in the world, and. I just felt I needed to help that people group. I needed to help those kids. They, they were malnourished. I had no idea about medical stuff, but I just thought, that's the camp I'm going to. And I, the conviction was so strong that I left my job and I, I resigned. And Sunlam was really great. They, they offered me another position in Nairobi, but I thought, no, this is what I need to do. And so... Yeah, it was a, a radical thing for a lot of people because I was so good in my job. I was um, offered um, a directorship on the on the African board, um, but I felt I needed needed to do this for the Lord, um, and that was the start of my uh, journey of being a missionary. Um, and and really, my hope story is that. We can justify things as being a Christian, but the Lord is drawing us to him that we need to be obedient to his word. And so I um, have changed the way I see things and the way I see Jesus in my life that I need to follow him with all my heart, with all my mind and with, with all my body. And so I live now in the northeast of Kenya, working with a very... Um, yeah, it's a people group that don't believe in God, in the Bible, or Jesus Christ, I should say. They believe in the Quran and they believe in Allah. And so speaking to them 
about Jesus is very hard. But this is my calling that I would like to bring them into the kingdom um, and they're in darkness. Um, it's not easy. It's a dangerous place. Uh, we get threats all the time. And our organization tells us to come out, which is very frustrating, but it is a security risk for people around us. Um, and so what we do is we, uh, in order to be safe there, we have uh, a medical platform and we um, focus a lot on maternal health and newborns because a lot of the people or the women, uh, they lose their children because they don't have access to hospitals and clinics. They don't know about antenatal care. Um and the belief system is inshallah, which is God's will be done. So whatever happens, happens, and so be it, which is really a death, death sentence to that child or that mother because God has created doctors and created medicines for everybody to enjoy. So we focus a lot on that and do medical outreaches and give free medicines. Uh, we partner with a clinic there. Um, but yeah, my, our greatest wish and desire is to bring those people into the kingdom. So those platforms are just a mere show so that they can receive us in the community. But the idea is that we will build relationships and we will bring the gospel to those lost people. So what would your encouragement be to someone who really feels a call of God upon their lives? It might not be missions, it might be something else. What would your encouragement in, in finding his will and, and actually taking that step of faith as you did? Yeah, so I do feel that you need to draw closer to the Lord. So I actually started um, reading the Bible more, studying it. I used precepts ministries in Pinelands. We, we actually studied the whole Bible um, just in, in, in totality and then went into different books. I... I do feel that you need to know the Lord. You need to know the word of God to really feel that point of surrender. And then it's praying and asking the Lord, where do you want to be? Where do you want me to be? Because some of us are not sent to go and make disciples of all nations. Some of us are sent here to be remaining in our jobs, to be the light and the salt in our workplace. So that's what I thought I was doing in terms of my workplace and trying to be a a manager of of integrity um, and and building up my staff and and making sure that they are are doing their work with with excellence. but I think at the same time, what I missed out, though, was sharing the gospel. I think we can show people how to live our lives, but we need to share it. And so I think even if you don't know where God is calling you, you need to practice that. So wherever you are, whether it's in your home, whether it's your neighbor, that the Lord is saying, go and share the gospel. You need to go out and be obedient because the calling is about a step of obedience. It's not about the people group I've gone to or where I've gone to, but it's that step of obedience. You need to, and the way to hear the Lord is to be close to Him, to have your devotion, to have a quiet time, to hear the voice of God very clearly on your life. And He will affirm things when you, when you get that prompting. So, yeah. Uh, as we end, someone might be listening and be in a similar situation to you where they've been in bondage to something or they're seeking God's calling on their lives where they should go for the future. Why don't you uh, end off with a prayer for those people? Yeah, sure. Lord, thank you that we can just 
come before you and know that we are saved by your grace, not by works, Lord. Thank you for your blood that you died on the cross for us and that you saved us and that if we believe that, we have eternal life. And so I pray for those that have taken that step of faith and have decided to follow you, Lord. I pray that they will be convicted about sharing the gospel, that you want us to make disciples of all nations, Lord. And so whether it's um, with your neighbor or your family member or finding the right church, I pray that people will find their calling, that you will speak into their lives, Lord, somebody that's listening right now, that you are convicting them about something that they need to do. I pray that they will follow you, Lord, and that they'll be obedient and and that they will come to a place of surrendering everything that they have, Lord, whether it's their family, their life, their job, Lord, that they will just look up to you and glorify you in everything. And I pray that those that have been called, that they will take up that 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 message and that calling in their lives. And Google, there's a lot of missionary organizations out there, Lord, and I, I pray that people will respond to their call in their lives. This I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Louise, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Amazing story of hope. God's blessing upon your life as you return to your mission field. Thank you so much.